This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I am joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? Noah, doing well. Beautiful day here in Colorado. I think uh, the snow has finally left us, which is not a bad thing. Which, again, we shouldn't be talking about snow in May, but that's Colorado. That is. But you were just in Pittsburgh uh, with those Rockies, and it looked like some decent weather, actually. Yeah. uh, Monday was a little cool. um, because Night game. So it got in the low to mid-60s. And then... um, the windows were open as well. Not to mention, I mean, home plate is, I believe, 780 feet of, at elevation. And the press box is at mile high. So that, that didn't help things either. There you so. go. <laughs> with your own altitude there, for sure. So, yeah. Yep. No, I've been there. Uh, been there, done that. And I've uh, been there when it was snowing. It's, uh, it's definitely an interesting experience. Oh, so, yeah. Yikes. Yep. Uh, but... We've got to talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to Pittsburgh, and that was the way that that series ended. Uh, you know, I know you were down in the clubhouse afterwards. Obviously, it was a uh, you know deflating loss. I would say the Rockies' offense actually looked really solid early on, uh, but the bullpen simply couldn't hold the lead. Yeah, and I, one thing I, I do want to preface of what I'm going to say here in a minute is that at the end of the game. Uh, and if you watch the game or listen to the game or followed or whatever, Carlos Estevez gave up a three run homer in the sixth inning, which essentially let all the air out of the balloon. And he was not happy, but it was Thomas Harding of MLB.com, Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post, and I there. And he still spoke with us after the game. Yeah. Which- not many players would do that after they've had it. Now, it's not like he was talking to us about his life story and talking to us for half an hour, but he was, hey, I I gave it up. You got essentially, he didn't say this, but essentially you guys are doing your job. So come talk to me. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to Estevez is one of the longest tenured members of that bullpen. It's that simple. He's the veteran out there now. He's really transformed. So I think he gets his place and what it means whenever he blows blows a game as well. So, you know, and and it's interesting because I look at game notes and the Rockies PR staff always does a great job putting stuff together. It's really interesting because he's actually been scoreless in 12 of his last 16 outings and four of his last six. Now, two of those, obviously, included yesterday in Pittsburgh. But one thing I thought was really interesting about Estevez right now, he is – opponents are slugging 636 against him. That's the fourth highest of any major league reliever. So when Carlos misses, he misses back, and the the opponents are taking advantage of it like they did yesterday. And that's that's one of the things with him that he said and Bud Black said as well. Pitch location. Yep. And especially if you look on StatCast in particular, and 
that game, almost all of the fastballs that he threw were, if you were looking at the plate horizontally, they were right down the middle. And if you're looking vertically, they were thigh high or above. Mm. And that's the problem. Yeah. In fact, 30 years ago, if you're throwing 99 miles an hour, you could get away with that. Today's age, you can't. No. No, and, and I think it's something that you've got to look at his numbers right now. And, you know, he's throwing hard. But right now, he's only got seven strikeouts on the season in 13 innings. Yep. And that's definitely not like him in the past. Last year, he was 60 and 61.2 innings. So a little less than one per inning. And obviously, that's about cut in half right now. So I think that that's something that we're, when we're talking about pitch location, you're talking about missing. Opponents are also hitting, not, not slugging, but hitting 327 against him this year. So, and that's the thing. Another thing with Sadcast, look at the expected batting average against him. Yep. Fourth percentile. Expected slugging against them. Fifth percentile. Strikeout rate. Third percentile. Whiff rate. This is a big one. You would think 99 miles an hour that they're going to swing and miss a lot. They haven't. Second percentile. Yep. That's a problem. Especially when your fastball velocity is in the 89th percentile. That's the only thing that he's in the top half in right now. That's a problem. It is. And, you know, and in, in before the podcast, you and I were talking about, there's a lot of talk about, well, should he be on the roster? Does he still have it? All this stuff. And you and I were even debating that a little bit. And, and I'm of the opinion that he's not going anywhere. And Bud Black is going to keep him, or the Rockies, I should say, are going to keep him on the roster. And Bud Black is going to keep putting him out there because, again, if you look at his complete body of work this year, he's still, for the majority, done done what he's supposed to do. Now, there have been the extremely bad blowups, which you can point at Daniel Bard and say that. Really, you could look at anybody in that bullpen except for maybe Tyler Kinley right now and say that. Yeah. I mean, even with Lucas Gilbreth. You look at the ERA and after, because Estevez came on in relief of Gilbreth and post-game Bud Black said, we were debating on even bringing him in, Gilbreth, because he had gone out there and I believe three of the last four games. Yeah, it was three of the last four and now four out of the last five. But Ty Block wasn't available. Ty Block wasn't available the day before either. So who's your lefty? And, and, yeah, and that's another problem. Well, and, and look back at past Rockies roster constructions, and we've talked about this. Lefties in the bullpen have been a problem for quite some time for this team. Yeah. You know, there was a stretch where there was not even one on the roster. So, you know, it's, it's not a huge surprise. At least they've got two right now. But, yeah, when they're not available, it definitely flashes back to that righty-only uh, period they had. Now – Honestly, if you and to your point about when was the last time they had a really good lefty, you could, uh, I would even say a good, consistent lefty over multiple years because, like Gilbreth, he was good towards the end of last year. Wow, if you're going yeah. multiple years, you may have to go back a little ways. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, because there was a period of Jake McGee, you know, for a year. Yep, there was a period. But if you're talking about sustained, well, that's a tough one, man. I can name one. Okay, let's hear it. Brian Fuentes. Yep. 
that's probably about where you got to go, to be honest with you. That was 15 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Big and problem. It, it is a problem. You know, and, and the stats will tell you it's a problem. Uh, you know, the Rockies relievers heading into tonight's ballgame, we're recording this Thursday afternoon before the Rockies start playing in Washington, D.C. against the Nationals in a four-game series. Uh, but heading into tonight's game, the relievers for the Rockies have a 5.09 ERA. And that, you want to guess what place that is in Major League Baseball? Dead last. There you go. Yeah. And, and I wish I could say that that was a real surprise. But it's also been something that, and, and I don't think this is a coincidence, in April, as a, as a whole, okay, starters and relievers, as a whole, the Rockies were 12-9 and nine in April, had a 4.52 ERA. In May, they've gone 8-14, and 14, and that ERA has crept up as a whole to 5.16. And, yeah. and again, I don't think that's a coincidence. And you also look at what we saw in the first two games of the series with the Road Rockies. You know, And think back to the start of the year, Noah. This was a team that started 4-1 and one on the road. And, yeah. they have, and they've now lost two uh they've gone two and 11 over their last 13 away from course yeah and we were talking about this before we started recording in their last 18 games they're five and 13 yep some of those are understandable you face the giants twice you face the mets okay but you face the royals and you lost two of three at home yep you faced the Diamondbacks, and you lost two of three. You faced the Pirates, and you lost two of three. If you salvage one game there in San Francisco, because remember, they got swept, and you win two of three against the Royals, two of three against the Pirates, which they they very easily should have won two of They should have swept the Pirates. Really. I mean, it, you look at the first game there, they lost two to one. Second game, they won two to one. And then the third game, if it wasn't for the bullpen. So, in other words, if the offense would have scored more in game one, and they should have in game two as well, and the bullpen doesn't blow it, very easy, very easy sweep Well, on and, the road. And, and Noah, remind me of something. How many earned runs did the Rockies score in those first two games? Zero. Yeah. You want to know how many earned runs they scored in the Sunday game against the Metropolitans there at Coors Field? Oh, tell me. Uh, I believe it was zero. Yeah. That's not a winning recipe, people. <laughs> it doesn't do it. You know, if you don't score, if you score three runs in three games and all three are unearned, you're not going to win all three games. Yeah. And, and let's talk about two things that are, I don't know. Uh, you, you did a great article on, Rocks pile about the biggest strengths of the Rockies. And I know you're doing one of the biggest weaknesses for the Rockies, yep. at least through the first quarter of the year as well. Yeah. Publish that one today. Yeah. There you go. And I know one of those weaknesses, correct me if I'm wrong, was home runs and the lack of power that this team has had this year. I will correct you and say that is not one of them. Really? Interesting. Because there's other bigger weaknesses <laughs> it's a weakness it just may not be a biggest weakness is what yeah you okay the right. uh, what uh, the three that i had were the bullpen the defense 
Granted, yeah. it's gotten better, but it's like, okay, you get one game of okay to average to slightly above average defense. You're like, wow, this is a great defense. No, not, not really. Yeah. I mean, specifically, I looked at defensive run saved, UZR, which is range, and DEF or DEF. And that essentially, it, it, it encompasses a few different defensive things. And the Rockies last year were fifth in defensive run saved, first in UZR, and 10th in death. This year, they are 23rd, 12th, and 25th. It makes a difference. Big difference. Yeah. So that was one of them. Um, inconsistent bullpen arms. Block and Lawrence both have ERAs north of five now. Chassin, Goudeau, and Estevez all have ERAs north of six. And Gilbreth, now granted, like I said, he has been better the last few games, especially since he got, um, the, well, the first game after he got, got called back up from Albuquerque, he struggled. Since then, yesterday was the first run he actually allowed. Um, but still, he has an ERA north of eight. That's a problem. Yeah. And then the other one was the rotation. You don't have any depth there. You have Feltner. You had a good start from him yesterday, but then the bullpen came in. Yep. Herman Marquez has looked awful. I mean, let's call it like we see it. And he's looked awful since the um, since the All-Star game last year. And yeah. he has a 6.14 ERA. The uh, FIP or FIP uh, suggests that he's had some bad luck. But again, 4.59. If that was transferred to an ERA, that's still not great. And that's the worst of his career. The hit rate is the highest of his career. The strikeouts are the lowest in his career. And all essentially everything besides the walk rate is the worst of his career rate. Yeah. That's not a recipe for making the playoffs or being in playoff contention even. No, and and Herman will make the start uh, shortly here in Washington, D.C. I think it's a real... Uh, pivotal start, to be honest. At the start of a home, start of a road four game series. I think it's a good way for him to not only get off Schneid, but also to kind of give a little bit of momentum heading into what could be a long weekend in, in the nation's capital. And Herman's got to show that he is that, that guy we saw in the first half last year. And like you said, he hasn't this year. And by the way, on my point earlier with the with the schedule here in the last 18 games and Marquez is he's been better, but I mean, it's still not been great. Nope. Um, in the last 18 games of five and 13, if you win one against Kansas city, you get one of the three, instead of being swept in San Francisco, you get one with the diamond, one more with the Diamondbacks to get two of three. And I'll, I'll say needs to be swept. Uh, the, they needed to sweep the pirates because the pirates looked awful. But even if you're being generous and say two out of three, two out of three, that's 500 in that span, nine and nine. That means one game over 500. It still means you're tied for last place, but you're over 500. And that could that could really cost them at the end of the year. And in fact, there was um, there were some people saying that the Pirate series was not an important series. Wrong. Every uh, series this team is. Every one. Series. That. And two, 
okay, you lost two of three to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh. What if you lose by... What if you're out of the wild card race by a game? Sure. Or two. Sure. Or even in July of, okay, at 500, I think we should be buyers, but if we're below 500, maybe we shouldn't be. Oh, we're a game under 500. Could be a very important series. It could. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some numbers that are standing out to us as well as what lies ahead for the Rockies. Right after the break, here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling back, uh, your co-experts for RocksPile.com on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And Noah, you know, before the break, you were talking about the Pittsburgh series being important. And you're absolutely right. It, every series for this team is. And I think at the end of the season, we'll look back at that Royals series. We'll look back at the Pittsburgh series. I think we're going to look back, you know. At, at Giant well, series there in San Francisco. You yeah, can't be swept. You, you can't. You can't, but they have been. So now there's Multiple even more. Times. <laughs> there's even more that they have to make up now. And yeah. and you and I looked ahead to the schedule, and it's starting to pick up. And we've talked about that before. But let's remind everybody: after they finish in Washington, they come home for three against Miami. They finally get an off day, and then Atlanta comes in at San Francisco, at San Diego. And no, with a double header in there. I was just going to say, and you reminded me there was a double header in there. So, it, and the, then you have Cleveland, which they're not a great team, but they're around 500. And that's, and then huge, you have but, San Diego again. Well, and the San Diego Father's Day series that so we, we, uh, we in Colorado love and remember so much. Um, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> but you know, that, that Cleveland series, it's funny. You kind of look at that and you go, well, maybe there's a little break for them in there. I think we thought that about Kansas City too. So I, until this team really starts gelling, I, I don't think that you can say that. I, I don't think there's one. So yeah, I mean, even when you're facing a team like, for example, the Reds, the Reds, I mean, we all know how they were just atrocious to start the year. They were. I mean, even the last, essentially the time period that the Rockies have been awful you look at the reds they're 10 and 8 they're 10 and 8 in their last 18 the rockies are 5 and 13 and you will be playing them in cincinnati at great american where they scored 20 runs today against the chicago cubs those great american exactly (laughs) so that that's coming but i think i think all said and done no the rockies have to this is the time you know, you're starting to see that 500 mark slip a little further into the distance. The Rockies have to do well in Washington, and then they have to come home and actually take care of business against Miami and the defending world champions. And that's a tall order. Now, especially when I was looking at the um, at the Nationals pitching staff, you look and you're like, Holy crap. Uh, it's like, oh, it, it, the team that reminds me most of the Nationals right now, and they have some bigger contracts in there. Granted, they have some injuries too. Team that reminds me most of them is the Albuquerque Isotopes. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like, whew, there is yeah. nothing there. No, that absolutely nothing. They, 
three of the four starters they have that they're going to be facing in the series have an ERA north of six and a half. Patrick Corbin, they're facing tonight. Owen seven with a six sixty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Corbin just looked like an angry man whenever he pitched a course. He just looked unhappy out on the mound on a lot of levels. And he's had a bad season. He's getting paid well, but he's had a bad season. So uh, let, let's go a little bit further. He's had like a bad three or four years. Yeah. And that was an awful contract. I mean, last year, nine and 16 led the NL in losses and led the majors in losses, actually. 582 ERA, 31 starts. Led the majors in runs in earned runs allowed, and led the National League in home runs allowed. Yeah, he's not a good pitcher. No. So can Herman find his way? And obviously, by the time some of you will hear this, that game will be over with. But I think tonight's an opportunity for the Rockies to start off on the right foot. If the offense shows up, and if Herman can uh, start turning the ship a little bit back to the way it was. Yeah. And I mean, it for the Rockies to be anywhere close to contending, he has to be better. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If he, if he is this version or the second half version last year of himself, see ya done. Rock, yeah. Put a fork in him. Well, and for the Rockies to be where they are right now in the standings, with what they've had to play, knowing what's ahead with all those Dodgers games coming up, all the Padres games coming up, because remember, they have not faced those dreaded Padres yet. And the Padres are right on the the Dodgers' toes in in the NL West right now. So there's a lot of things that this team is going to have to ramp up. They they haven't played the Braves yet this year. You know, they still got to go to New York. You know, there's a lot of stuff still out there that I'm not saying they can't do it, but I'm saying the way they played, they're certainly not going to be able to. Yeah. I mean, it's in essence, if you can't win two of three against Kansas city or two of three against the pirates, how do you expect to win two of three against the Dodgers or three of four against the Padres or four of five against the Padres or at the end of the year, five of six against the Dodgers. It's like, it's so difficult that, Really, this stretch has made it that much more difficult for them. Yeah, like you said, could they do it? Absolutely. We saw it in 2007 where they put themselves in a huge hole where, I mean, they were nearly at the bottom of the hole. And then two weeks later, they were at the very top. So, yep, it could happen. It's just it's going to be a lot more difficult. So here's a stat that I noticed earlier and and i don't think it'll surprise because we were talking about the weaknesses and i mentioned the home runs here's something i don't know if you've seen this of the 41 homers hit this year by the rockies 30 have been at coors field that's not surprising no so 11 only 11 have come on the road and again this is a team that they're going to need the long ball if they're going to steal a win on the road and granted Petco, Oracle, I get I get all, you know, Dodger Stadium, I get all the pitchers parks. Trust me, I get that completely. But they haven't played at any of those except for Oracle. So yeah. to not hit them out at PNC, to not hit them out at Globe Life, to not hit them out at, uh, you know, uh, Comerica, you know, it's an issue. 
Yeah, and that's why um, it is a weakness for the team. It's just, and at least in my opinion, it's not one of the biggest three. And I mean, CJ Crone can only do so much. Yeah. And has done better recently, especially for, and I actually talked to him about this and we'll have this on the site in here soon of essentially last year, as we've discussed power early on base late last like two weeks or so, he's really gotten to the point where he's been able to balance them. Mm-hmm. And that's why you look right now at slugging percentage on the team and he is fourth, but he's right behind Connor Joe in slugging percentage. He's at 412, but that OPS plus now is 108. So above league average that on base percentage though is 351. So he's, He's getting on base a lot, and he's starting to get more of the power as well. Um, so that will be interesting to see if he, if a he can keep doing that, and b if some of the other guys can continue to. Uh, I shouldn't say continue, can start hitting for the power. Yeah, we mentioned with the strengths, Daza and Iglesias. They've been getting on base a lot, especially on the road with the, with Iglesias. Absolutely. Yeah, both of them. Those are your two best hitters on the road. And overall, Daza's getting on base at a 404 clip. Iglesias is getting on 366. Connor Joe as well is getting on at 365. So you got three guys there at the top and or bottom of your lineup that are getting on base. But the problem is they aren't driving them in. No. And here's the other problem. Remember those 41 home runs? Talking about a lot of problems, aren't we, Kevin? I know, we are. <laughs> and, and again, not being negative, but we don't have on the purple uh, tinted sunglasses either here. Let's be honest. Or the purple pom-poms out. Nope. 41 home runs they've hit this year. 21 of those have been solo shots. Yeah. So when the power comes, often people aren't on base. So, you know, now that may level out as the season goes along. But you're right. Daza has gone very under the radar with what he's done this year. And, and again, I was one of the biggest guys who said Iglesias was going to be a complete flop. Offensively, he's been above what I expected, for sure. I expected him to hit for the average, not quite as high as this. Uh, but, yeah, if you look at slugging for him, he's not hitting for any power. No. Defensively, boy, were we right on both. Oh, yeah. Both of us were right. Oh, gosh. He's he's had a few of them where it's like, okay, dude, what are you doing? Well, and and I think that he is a guy, and we'll talk about this in another podcast, but he's certainly a guy that I think could be on the move when the trade deadline comes. I think it's, uh, Especially if the Rockies are playing like they are now, yeah, yep. he will be. Yep. If the Rockies become sellers. Yeah, so we're going to do a whole – buy or sell podcast, we get a little closer to the trade deadline. Noah, let's talk w- real quick. Um, one thing that's going to come out of this national series is going to be a look at Josh Bell, a look at Juan Soto, two of easily the biggest offensive threats that there are in the game today, and yet both guys that are rumored that they may not be in Washington the whole year. So I think, it, you know, it's – I don't know about Soto, but I think they will certainly move Bell at some point. Oh, they should move Bell at least. Yeah. And Yadier, if I could speak, 
Yadiel Hernandez um, is another one. He's been hitting really well. Um, really, and Caber Ruiz, their catcher, is hitting as well, yep. uh, hitting well too. The rest of them, it's ooh, it's it, there's a reason why they're 15 and 30 people. I mean, they're not. But, a, you, but you know, it's real interesting because honestly, I looked at how they were hitting and how very top heavy they were. And you look at the Padres right now. It's the exact same way with Machado and Hosmer, and then it drops, man, after that. But the Padres have the pitching, whereas the Nationals do not. Yeah. Makes a difference. Pitching wins ball games. It does. I wonder. Now, I, I don't think the Rockies will do this, but I I really would wonder, especially after they uh, – assuming they get rid of Bell, does Juan Soto get the Barry Bonds treatment? Yeah. Where I mean, that lineup has nothing in it. After yeah, who else are you going to worry about? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, even Yadiel Hernandez, like I said, he's he's doing well right now. But I mean, Soto isn't even hitting particularly high of an average. He's hitting two thirty six, but he's walking so much that his on base percentage is three seventy nine. I, I think pitchers know. What you just said, they can pitch around him. They don't have to give him anything good to hit. You yeah, know, even, and, even with Bell and Lyon. And even though he's got 36 walks, which is double than anyone else on the team, only one has been intentional, which I find very, very surprising. Yep. Well, I think a lot of pitchers are unintentionally or intentionally, unintentionally walking him. Yeah. Unintentionally, intentionally, unintentionally, possibly <laughs> intentionally walking him. You know, uh, well, one thing, uh, by the time that many of you will hear this, the city connect uniforms for the Rockies will be out. Uh, I think that is going to dominate the conversation, uh, this weekend. Uh, so I'm very curious to hear what the responses are to that. And as a reminder, the Rockies will actually wear the city connect jerseys for the first time on Saturday, June 4th at home against those Atlanta Braves. And then the next day, Sunday, June 5th, they will wear them again, and they will wear them every Sunday home game for at least the rest of the season. So I'm very and, curious what the reaction is. And, yeah, depending on – they could wear them more times, too, depending on the starting pitcher, if I'm out. Absolutely, yep. 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 If a – let's just say a Kyle Freeland would want to wear the City Connect, Absolutely. They would put those on and wear them. Uh, very possible. So I think that's going to dominate the conversation. I'm very curious to see the social media reaction to it. Uh, I'm very curious to see, you know, because one of the things that you all have been reading the most on our site is the talk about how the black vests went away. And this is replacing the black vests. Will you all like this as much as the black vests? Or will this be one of those, dear God, bring the black vests back? I'll be very curious. Insert Fraser gift. Oh, dear God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we are, uh, make sure you follow us at Roxpile FS. We are currently doing something about which uniform you like the most of all the, or I should say of most of the ones that the Rockies are wear now and have worn in the past as well. We'd love to see your vote on Twitter about that at Roxpile FS. So Noah, I know you saw them personally in Pittsburgh. And uh, obviously now you're back home, a good drive over there from Ohio for you. Is there anything as we wrap up here, anything that stood out to you about watching them in person now 
uh, versus whenever you saw them in Detroit earlier in the season? Um, I would I would have to say that in general, like pregame, very similar. Uh, both clubhouses are kind of loose, which uh, they need to be. Uh, there'll be some people who will not be happy that they, they aren't pissed off and all that, that, considering they've lost 13 out of their last 18. But you do have to essentially take one day at a time where next day is a new slate. We need to win this game. And you do that by having a loose clubhouse, not being pissed off at the world. Um, so, and then even, even post game, I mean, the, that's one thing, whatever way you want to criticize the Rockies, there are plenty of ways of, Hey, we've just done it for the last half hour here of criticizing different things on them. One thing you cannot criticize on them is a 99% of the players, 99% of the time will be able are willing to talk to the media. Hey, even though I made this mistake, Hey, I, you're just doing your job. Um, and, and B the Rockies PR department. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. They they all do a fantastic job. Um, you're exactly right. We're very thankful for everything they do to help us bring you what's going on behind the scenes with the Rockies for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to um, – I'll be there at Coors Field all week as the Braves and Marlins come into town. Uh, we'll also have uh, Dwayne uh, from our staff in attendance as well. So we will be well covered uh, for, the, for the Marlins series as well as the Braves. Um, I'm just trying – I'll be honest. It's, it's a weird way for me to wrap this up because I feel like there's so much – Knowing a series is starting tonight, knowing the City Connect is getting ready to be released, there's a lot of things that I'd love to be able to talk about, uh, but we'll, I guess we'll just have to catch that next week whenever we do our episode. That we will. That we will. And maybe we'll just do one from Coors Field next week as the Marlins uh, wrap up and the, the Braves come in. So uh, we always appreciate you all listening to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report. We have fresh content every day for you at roxpile.com as well as our sister site, calltothepen.com. So make sure you're checking both those out. Uh, Noah and I and our great team of writers uh, always do our best to provide, uh, you know, some opinions you may not always agree with, but we'll at least make you think. I promise you that. And so, also, too, I've got stuff on fansided.com now. So three, three oh, sites. That's right. The MLB fansided site. I tell you, the vast fansided network. How about that? So Very vast. With- <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many sites you got. There's so many, especially if you go out of MLB. Oh, my Lord, we got a ton of sites. Exactly. Well, it'll give you plenty to do this Memorial Day weekend. I hope uh, certainly uh, we remember those who sacrificed for our country. Uh, we, we will pay homage to them this weekend, hopefully every day, for everything they do to keep us free and have kept us free through the years. But for now, signing off for my friend Noah Yingling. This is Kevin Henry. We are rockspile.com. And as always, Go Rockies.